Hey guys, Dr. Eric, the fitness physician, where I'm talking about all things related to hormonal fitness, muscle medicine, and much more. So I'm going to dig, do some deep dives into some other hormones as well. Uh, I'm going to do a few more on this one. I'm doing info, kind of a stigraphical representation today. I'm going to talk a little bit more about growth hormone and IGF-1 and its importance in overall hormone function, uh, muscle mass, uh, endocrine function, and more. The reason this came up is people are always asking, well, what else can I do for my hormones? What else can I do, especially if they're younger? And oftentimes, as we've talked about before, we can optimize the cellular function and prevent things from happening and optimize their health. And oftentimes, especially with younger men and women, uh, sometimes maybe they don't need testosterone or estrogen right away. Maybe they need some progesterone or some thyroid, or et cetera, as well as their lifestyle modification. But sometimes by optimizing growth hormone and IGF-1, this is the master control and this can optimize the rest of the body and the rest of the cells and then everything else takes care of itself and you will, you can actually raise your testosterone levels, optimize your, your female hormones, uh, your estrogen, your progesterone, and much more. So sometimes that's a good first step, uh, but sometimes they work synergistic, oftentimes they work synergistically together, and I'll use them as well. So one plus one equals three kind of thing, which is very cool. So growth hormone, and again, I'm not gonna do extensive uh, details on this, I'm gonna save this for some future videos, but a growth hormone, of course, produced in a little pituitary gland, it's stimulated by hormones actually in the hypothalamus and then which uh, then helps uh, these secrete out. And that's why when we get into peptide therapies, a lot of these actually uh, stimulate, stimulate the growth hormone, kind of get a little kick in the rear to produce more growth hormone. <clears throat> these are the GHRHs and the GHRPs, which I've talked about before. So growth hormone is produced, has numerous effects uh, locally in a paracrine fashion and in a systemic fashion, of course. Uh, so, of course, with bone, massively important, and I use, this is great, especially as, as we get older, we use bone mass and the concern and risk of osteopenia and osteoporosis. So, G growth hormone through, not only through growth hormone and re its receptors, but also through production of IGF-1, and IGF-1 has its own receptors, which do its own thing, can be very important for bone in terms of increasing bone mineral density, bone strength, and improving bone growth, and can basically turn off the osteoclasts, which break down the bone, and turn on the osteoblasts, which help to build bone. It can actually stop, halt, and even reverse osteopenia and build bone. Um, of course, you know the importance in the muscle, right? It's going to be optimally be very important for improving hypertrophy, overall muscle mass, and muscle function. It does this, of course, through growth hormone and growth hormone receptors, but also through IGF-1 and IGF-1 receptors. And, and, and I'll talk about this in later videos, too. There's also um, MGF, right, and other, other isoforms of IGF-1, IGF-1-1EC, which is very important for muscle growth and hypertrophy. And that's a low... Uh, can be produced locally and has a paracrine effect as well. So there's there's many, not just about growth hormone, it's these IGF-1, these IGF-1 isomers, which are very important. Also, oftentimes too, and I've talked about the importance of myokines and uh, exokines, and I'm gonna talk about in the future too, about that the muscle makes its own uh, uh, cytokines and what we call myokines. I've talked about these on several videos before, and they are very important, not only for muscle, but all these other organs as well. And, but they also make a, a substance called calcineurin, I just abbreviate CAN, which can also contribute to hypertrophy of muscle mass. And again, I've talked before extensively about the importance of maintaining and improving muscle mass because of its endocrine functions, not just because of what it does from your metabolism and glucose disposal and much more. Of course, in the, in the, uh, the pancreas, um, there's uh, gluconeogenesis production of, uh, of glucose, which is important, especially during times of exercising or fasting, etc. Again, growth hormone, IGF-1, also through IGF-BP3, and ALS, uh, acetylabile subunit. So uh, these things increase age IGF-1. IGF-BP3 is very important as well for uh, balancing out IGF-1 and transport of, of IGF-1. and also has anti-apoptotic effects, which could be help, very helpful for prevention of malignancies, cancer, and overall promoting cell health. And of course, we know that IGF-1 is important for cell differentiation, survival, overall metabolism, and optimal cellular function. Um, 
Over here, of course, for fat, it's important for lipolysis, basically helping, helping your body to burn fat, burn it off, uh, decreasing lipogenesis, decrease the formation of it, and of course, the browning of the fat, determining what turning you know, white fat into brown fat, which is very important. Brown fat, of course, has a higher metabolic rate, uses uncoupling proteins, et cetera, to actually generate more heat to help you, um, of course, stay warm. But biggest thing is it's gonna generate heat, it's gonna burn things off, and, and that's important for, again, lipolysis. If you want more beige fat or brown fat and less of the white fat, because you're gonna burn more and you're gonna have reduced overall fat mass and better metabolism, better cellular function. So also, uh, IGF-1 can be important for differentiating of those pre-adipocytes into healthy, healthy fat uh, tissues. We don't want hyperplasia or excessive growth. We wanna reduce the inflammation of that. Again, we don't want that tons and tons of white fat sitting around getting inflamed, causing more inflammation throughout the body. We want uh, normal, mature adipocytes that are not inflamed. And that's what this helps to do. So of course, there's crosstalk between these and the other uh, hormones and adiponeptin and leptin, or leptin, of course, we know how important that is, but these actually stimulate growth hormone production. So that's why we want optimal leptin and adiponectin. And what happens when we get uh, metabolically unhealthier, we get overweight, et cetera. These, these get uh, dysregulated, right? Leptin gets either not produced properly or we get leptin resistance and we make decreased amounts of adiponectin. So by optimizing our metabolism through uh, weight control and diet, nutrition, exercise, supplementation, and hormone optimization, we can improve our adiponectin and leptin, which is then is going to improve production of growth hormone, which is going to make that better. So it's it, it goes back and forth in a positive way. So that's really cool as well. Of course, insulin uh, works synergistically with growth hormone in terms of muscle mass, glucose disposal, and, and other tissues as well. But of course, it can also antagonize as well if it's out of control. If you're just eating way too much and eating way too much sugar, you're caught, you have hyperinsulinemia or prediabetes. Of course, this can counteract a lot of these effects and reverse this. You're going to have more adipogenesis. Uh, it's going to affect uh, glucose production of liver. It's going to adversely affect muscle, etc. So, um, so that's again the importance of balancing out growth hormone with insulin. Now, they can be used. They can work together if you if you have your timing right. And we'll talk about this in a future. How to time your nutrition post workout? How to time your peptides pre and post workout? You can actually get insulin growth hormone to do the same thing. What? You know, yeah, you know, they do counteract, but there are ways that you can get them to work together to build muscle and to burn fat. I know it sounds crazy, but it's possible. So tune in for future episodes on that. So biggest, the coolest one is the muscle, and I'm going to talk about more about myokines. One thing I forgot to mention is the slow twitch and the fast twitch muscle. That's another thing that growth hormone IGF-1 can help with, and that's what you want. You want to build those not only slow twitch, but the fast twitch muscle. So this is just kind of cool representation. And I actually borrowed the slide from one of my colleagues and mentors, Dr. Seed. So uh, we had a little presentation about this as well. I'm going to talk some more about growth hormone IGF-1 in future videos. So it's kind of the master regular. It does a lot of amazing functions throughout the body. Very important for uh, what I quote-unquote anti-aging, uh, uh, cell differentiation and protection, overall cellular, optimizing your cellular metabolism, right? The growth hormone peptides that are one of my favorites to use because of that because it can optimize your cellular function and again we treat things at the cellular level and, and fix the foundation then everything else builds from there so hope you enjoyed this video like this tag us share it let me know what else you want to talk about reach out to me i'm doing telemedicine consultations everywhere also have a dual consultation with my partner ali gilbert where we're doing everything in terms of nutrition fitness hormone optimization peptide therapy and much much more so everyone have a rocking week and we'll talk to you soon bye Welcome to Dr. Eric's Relentless Vitality Podcast. Our focus is on optimizing physical and mental vitality, maximizing performance, and extending lifespan. Dr. Eric is a licensed physician with a wealth of expertise in age management and preventive medicine, whose goal is enabling his patients to stay young, feel their best, and enjoy a higher quality of life.